Sacramento. Hello and welcome to the 916 Republic Podcast. My name is Scott. I'm your host today. I'm finally back for at least this episode. And I am joined by a man who whose intelligence knows no limits, whose, mm. whose physique knows no limit to his beauty. Mm. Nolan, how are you doing today? Scott, I'm doing so well. I, I miss your beautiful face um, because sadly we are recording this apart in yes. body, but together in spirit. So yes. with that, it's very good to have you back on the show. Um, how are you doing, Scott? Catch I'm the good. people up on your life. Yeah, no, I've just been super busy. I've uh, been on away on a few business trips, so mm. haven't been able to you know be present. Haven't been able to go to um, the amount of games which that uh, you know that I'd like to, which is all of them. Mm. Um, so you know that's been definitely a change in my life, uh, but still watching them, still uh, staying connected um, on social media when I can, still talking to these guys about the games. So that's definitely been a change. I mean, having a six month old will do that for you. Mm. Uh, just, you know, newsflash having a kid changes your life. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's what's been going on. Uh, but what about you, Nolan? How is law school? How is your internship? Oh, you know, it's going, it's going, uh, it's been fun. A lot of sitting on my computer and staring at a wall. I mean, not at a wall at a screen, but you know, it's been good. It's been good. Great. Out with Zach going to games. It's been a, it's been a, a highlight of the summer for sure. So, that has been good, Scott. What is what? Is, what do you think is more difficult, scoring a goal for Sacramento or being a father to a six-month-year-old? Well, clearly, it's scoring a goal for Sacramento. <laughs> Unless you're a center back, apparently they can score whenever they want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, before we get into that, let's do some news. Uh, there has been uh, multiple international competitions going on. Uh, the first of which we're going to talk about is the Copa America. It's just mm. a weird Copa America this year. Normally, um, it, it's it's a bit different format, but this year there are two groups of five, and the top four of of the group moves on. So what is uh, the that point? has happened. They are playing the knockout rounds. They are now in the semifinals, and I believe uh, Brazil and Peru played today. I believe yeah. actually it might still be going on. It, it is. And, it's one nil right now in the 80th minute. Spoiler alert to Brazil, right? Brazil, yes, sorry. yes, Brazil. and then Argentina and Colombia play tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's a thing that's happening. Haven't really been able to follow that as closely as I liked, except I do have a coworker who is Ecuadorian, and huh. Ecuador lost three zero to Argentina, and I attempted to make fun of her for that, and she said, "Well, it's Argentina, <laughs> and we're Ecuador, so of course we lost." And I said, "Oh, that doesn't Fair matter to you, I guess." So, <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Well, jokes on me." Um, uh. And then the Euros are happening in Italy versus Spain in the first semifinal game versus uh, they will play the winner of England versus it's Denmark. It's coming home. It's coming home. Listen, if it doesn't, first of all, I don't think the Euros is the thing that comes home. But if it doesn't come home, this tournament <laughs> is not coming home. That's all I'm saying. Okay. All I have to say is I just want to <laughs> be Jack Grealish in every aspect of my He's just so cool. He's just such a cool guy. I just want to embody him. I just don't want to be his Jack. Life. That's it's my only. Yeah, but qualm. if you're English, it's cool. Is it like I don't know? I feel I feel like an English guy named Jack with a cool beard, some nice big calves, and <laughs> who plays sexy football. Just he's a cool person. I like him. Anyway, no one, sorry about that. What are what are some other uh, cool teams that have been playing this summer? Um. Well, 
you know, they uh, they may not be making quite the splash that England are at the Euros, but the Sacramento Republic FC Academy teams have been doing some damage in the MLS Next Tournament. Uh, for those who don't know, the MLS Next Tournament is the premier youth. It's the best. The best youth tournament <laughs> in America. A great, great nation with great, great <laughs> soccer players under the ages of 17 and 19. And uh, the Sacramento Republic U17 and U19 teams made it to the semifinals of this tournament. Uh, they have both been knocked out um, after the semifinals. Did any of them win a semifinal game, make it to a final? No, they did not. Right. They were both okay. lost in the semifinals. But just to show like how impressive that is, no other team, no other club had both a U17 and a U19 team make the semifinal. They're, that That didn't happen so that that i think is impressive for just the academy as a whole to be producing teams that can do that now is it a little disappointing that you know no not one of those teams can make the final okay maybe sure is it a little disappointing that the u15s only made it to the uh i believe the uh, round of 16 yeah that you know it would have been nice to you know see them win a couple games before they they lost but you know what we'll take positives where we can take them yeah uh, rafa diaz or sorry not rafa diaz rafa hawaregi uh hmm. scored in the semifinal loss for the u17s a one goal to two goal loss against orlando so that's positive yeah. at least maybe he can bring that scoring form to the first team i don't know who knows um, how is it that he's on a professional contract and can still play in academy games because he's age eligible oh, that's all that matters I, I I think so. Yes, uh, I mean, there has to be playing. other you know major league soccer teams that have guys on first team contracts right. that play as U nineteens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes so, sense. So yeah, he's playing with the U seventeen, so he can still play. Uh, you know, next year for the U nineteen, maybe the next couple of years for the U nineteen. So yeah, good well. for him. Yeah. Um, another team that's doing things, doing doing just what they do. The U S mm. women's team beat Mexico four to zero in a friendly in a tune up for. Uh, the Olympics, uh, and they, I believe, start on the, was it the 21st or the 16th, Nolan? The, the 21st, June 21st, no, the July. U.S. Women, uh, July, yes, of July. They take on Sweden, which I just read is the team that knocked the women out of the 2016 tournament in the quarterfinals in a penalty shootout. Scott said that this was controversial. Yeah, it, it was controversial because, I mean, Sweden have a, a good team, yeah. but it was controversial in the fact that Sweden just sat back and absorbed the entire game. Uh, the, the U S players were saying, well, they, they weren't trying to play football. They were just trying to, you know, play difficult, which is what yeah. you're supposed to do in a tournament in a yeah. knockout tournament. If you don't let the other team score and you capitalize on your chances, even if those chances are in a penalty shootout, then you move on to the next round. So yeah. there's going to be a little, uh, what's the word animosity animosity i don't know how to yeah, pronounce it this, this is a good uh a good little rivalry matchup yeah for the women and then i believe the other teams in their group are new zealand and australia yeah and australia uh, they, they've got a, a good team they've got a decent team there so uh, the big matchup though will be sweden so that yeah. it's that first game u.s versus sweden. sweden and sorry scott i'm gonna put you on your like I'm gonna surprise you for a sec, just with a que- two questions. Okay. One, do you know how group qualification works? Is it top two, top the top it, in the group? So top two move on because so I think there's three groups. I believe okay. I'm not sure. Well, yeah, top, there's twelve there's either, teams. Yeah, 
So okay. top two move on, and then I believe the two highest third place finishers. Okay. So and then, even if the U.S. don't do well in this game and they and they draw or they lose, chances are they're still moving on. Right. Okay. And then my second question is: I was looking at the team sheet for the game against Mexico, and it they it listed Tobin Heath and Kristen Press as unaffiliated with a club. Do you know why that is? I I, I have no clue. So I was just wondering if you knew. And I forgot to ask you before we hit record. <laughs> uh, I, t- oh, man, Tobin Heath and Christian Press, I think they are both playing in Europe. Yeah. Um, or they were and, at least last year. Right. And so I, they must just be out of contract. Listen, like it's, it's a women's soccer tournament. So I don't think media is like running around super fast to like yeah. update what's going on with them. So um, we haven't been keeping our ear super closely to the ground, but the last thing I heard was they're playing in Europe and just with um, uh, women's professional soccer, you know, the, maybe they have to wait until, you know, a transfer window window opens in uh, the U S to come back, or mm-hmm. um, maybe they just have yet to officially resign or announce that they've resigned um, with the team. So uh... we can follow up on that. Uh, next episode but that's yeah. what i believe is happening it probably just hasn't been announced what they're doing yet maybe they're yeah. waiting to announce it until after uh the olympics that makes sense that makes sense fine sorry well last thing on women's soccer did did you happen to listen to the total soccer show interview with um meg lanahan scott it, it came uh, out a couple not. months ago okay never mind for the the listener <laughs> interested in women's soccer uh meg lanahan is like probably the foremost reporter on like the women's game in the world. Um, and so I thought that was a really interesting interview. Total soccer show. Meg Lanahan should come up in your podcast app, wherever you listen. Um, yeah. Give it a listen. Tell us what you think. Really good stuff. Moving on, Scott, there's been a game that Sacramento played recently that did not result in a loss. Um, San Diego took on the Sacramento Republic at home in as, What's the stadium that San Diego play in? Torino Stadium? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Torino Stadium. uh, And Sacramento eked out a 1-1 draw. And so we're going to break this down. Scott, you watched this game with Zach. Um, Do we want to just first run through the starting lineup for Sacramento um, and go from there? Yeah, uh, we can do that. Um, I'll say first of all, before uh, before we do that, Zach and I did watch this game, and we did a lot of talking about what we were seeing during the game. So as I'm kind of talking, I, mm-hmm. I hope you hear like Zach and I, because it's not like these aren't just my thoughts. Like we, Zach and I, already had this conversation off air, but I'll read through uh, the lineup real fast for us. So in goal is uh, Gomez because Diaz, I believe, is injured. Mm-hmm. Then from left to right, your back four is Lacroix, Kibanguchi, Casey, and McCrary. Your three midfielders, Pinagos, Fernandez, or Luis Felipe, uh, and Penanen. And then your front three is Formella, Awasa, and Bone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 4-3-3, f- three, three, and I think that's, that's a very... I, the shape definitely stayed mostly as a, a, a four, three, three as we went on. So uh, I, I guess if we just want to like give just general thoughts, general tactics from the Zach and I 
the first thing we noticed were a few lineup changes. So Kimaguchi in for Tainter, um, Panagos in for, uh, we're assuming uh, Fatai because Fatai is on the red. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Bone in for, um, well, I Carlton. guess, Bill, yeah, Carlton, who is just getting back from international duty. Um, that would be the first thing we noticed. And then, you know, the other thing just right off the bat, obviously was back four versus back five. And that really piqued my interest. Cause I, I was, you know, we, we've been talking about, you know, having able to score goals, having able to score goals. So, you know, my thought was, oh, okay. Like maybe Briggs is going to push a little bit higher and we're going to really throw uh, those wingers forward and they're not going to have maybe a ton of, defense and I well no that's not really Briggs's style he still wants fullbacks to get forward so I, I just like kind of kept in the back of my head like oh okay what what's gonna happen here mm-hmm. and unfortunately I think this team was set up this team was set up to play in a back five with those wingbacks getting very high and now that it's in a back four your fullbacks aren't getting as high and a lot of, I mean, we said it in the preseason, a lot of your chance creation this season is going to come from those wide areas. Hmm. Well, now that LaCroix and uh, Gomez or McCrary aren't getting as high, that takes away opportunities for them to create chances. So then as Nolan, was ta- Nolan and I were talking before we started recording, we really started talking about like, okay, well, then there needs to be more chance creation coming from the middle of the field, whether that's uh, you know, just playing the ball right into the feet of your forwards or getting, you know, a midfielder to sprint forward with the ball and play a final pass. It, it's got to be from somewhere. And and honestly, this game just had almost no chance creation from the midfield. We were still relying on getting the ball out wide and it just didn't happen nearly often enough. And I think to illustrate right. that Sacramento is last in the league in shots on target per game, 2.9. To compare that, I believe uh, Phoenix is first with like seven seven point one, so they're taking twice as many shots on target, not shots in total, shots on target per right. game as Sacramento, uh, and, and uh, San Diego is up there as as well. So I, I think that was the first thing that really stood out to me from this game was this this back four from a back five actually is a pretty big shift and it doesn't really feel like it solved any of our problems yeah um scott let me ask you a question um kind of going off of that so zach and i for the past six or seven games have just been talking about how look the forwards just aren't frankly they're not doing their job they're not good enough they're not scoring goals like uh we've framed it in terms of look the team's keeping out goals minus three, three chaotic mess. That was the game against Oakland. Um, but like the forwards just aren't converting their chances. And, um, that's fundamentally what's wrong with this team. It's the forwards. It's the personnel that are playing up top and Sacramento need to change that personnel, whether that means going out and finding someone and bringing them into the team or finding them on the bench or in the Academy or, uh, from within the organization and starting them up top. We've, you know, mentioned in the past, Pete Pennon and play him as the number nine. Like just play people that that haven't been playing in the forward positions, um, but who can and and just see what happens because it's not working as it is. But Scott, we talked a little bit offline about how 
the problem might not be as simple as it's just the four it's down to the forwards like this could run deeper um and be a more of a, a team issue specifically with midfield so what do you think do you think what do you think about the forwards their lack of goal scoring is it you know purely up to them does it have something to do with the midfielders you know not taking ownership of being a key part of chance creation and scoring goals um what do you think about that are we being overly simplistic and saying it's the forwards problem so i i mean yeah like like i just said like there's not a lot of chance creation coming from the middle and i put i do put a lot of that on the midfielders I, i mean if you look in this game mario Pinegos is that probably most attacking midfielder that is in the lineup. I think honestly, Penanen has been a really a, a major disappointment in my opinion. I I think he was brought in to not just replace Skundrick, but be a more attacking threat than Skundrick was. Mm-hmm. Skundrick obviously scored a couple of goals, had a couple of assists, but I think Penanen, Penanen was brought in to be that like five, six goal scoring a, a year midfielder with, you know, three or four assists and be that, you know, third option. And that just hasn't happened. Um, mm. We brought in two more defensive minded midfielders with Fatai and um, Luis, Felipe. Luis Felipe. I think those have worked out. Okay. They've, they've been fine. They, you know, I think they were also brought in to be very physical and again, that's been fine, but they haven't really done anything in the attack. At least they haven't done enough. I mean, Luis Felipe took two shots from outside the box, and that's not what he should be doing. He should be getting the ball in those situations. And, uh, you know, if the shot is open and available, sure, shoot it. But you have to put it on target. Right. If it's not, then, you know, recycle possession or, you know, try a dangerous a forward pass. Try something, but you're not the shooter on the team. So I... I I think you can say from every person that's played in the midfield, there haven't been enough forward, not just passing, but forward movements, whether mm-hmm. that's, uh, you know, another midfielder that's running toward the goal, receiving a pass. So that, that's not just, you know, the midfielder's fault. They have to make the run and then get the pass. Um, there have, there just hasn't been enough dangerous threats from that midfield trio all right. season. Um, so is it all the forwards? No, but I, I do think the forwards are partially to blame. They have been getting the ball and largely, I mean, when they get the ball, are I feel like the game slows down mm-hmm. and they don't really know what to do. Like, like it's a foreign concept to, you know, make dangerous runs and pass the ball and have quick movements and um, quick passing and create opportunity. Like it, it's almost like players get the ball and go, okay, if I don't dribble past this person and the next person right now, we won't score. Like we, we won't have a shooting opportunity. That's what mm-hmm. it feels like to me. Like when I watch the game, it feels very unrehearsed and uh, like, like roles are undefined. Mm-hmm. It also feels like there's no support for midfielders. So there's nobody making a run later to get the ball at the top of the box to then do something dangerous. Yeah. So, I, I, <clears throat> I also think Sacramento has not countered nearly as quickly. Like we, we play the ball long, we dump it off, we control the ball. Like let's say Cameron Wasik controls a long ball 
and knocks it down to Formella or whatever. There is no one from the midfield making a supporting run for that counterattack. It's just those three guys or two guys up top, depending mm-hmm. on the formation. So I'm, I'm, I, I don't think it's just the forwards, though they have not been good enough. I, I do think it's the midfield as well. Um, yeah, and, and I'll say something. Yeah, go for it. I'll say something here too. I think this just reminds me of the game against Phoenix last Saturday. I, I remember sitting in the stands and watching uh, Aiden Quinn and Santi Moore combine in Sacramento's uh, in their own defensive third. So every so Phoenix were dropped back defending. I think a Sacramento set piece, and Aiden Quinn gets the ball. He does something with it. He gets it to Santi Moore. Santi Moore starts streaming up uh, the left side of the field. And Aiden Quinn, a defensive midfielder, maybe playing more of an eight role with Kevon Lambert um, anchoring the midfield in this game. But he sprints to uh, in the middle to, in the middle of the park, trying to combine with Santi Moore on the counterattack in Sacramento's attacking third. Um, and like that kind of, uh, responsibility that I saw Aiden Quinn take of saying, Hey, I'm a midfielder, but it is part of my role. Yes. To shield the defense. Yes. To distribute the ball. Yes. To retain possession, possession, but also to freaking score goals. Like (laughs) that's part of my job as a midfielder. And I just don't see that quite as much from Sacramento of, you know, Luis Felipe or even Fataya Lache or, um, Pete Pennant and saying, look, yeah, great. I'm I'm helping out the center backs and keeping them from being exposed to counterattacks or um you know I'm I'm giving them an option when they're getting pressed by you know the opposition's wingers and forwards but like what am I doing on the other end of the pitch like what am I doing to help out Cam and to help out Carlton Belmar and Derek Formella and Tucker Bone like really I, I don't see them taking that ownership of their role yet and whether that's not being communicated by the coaching staff um, whether that's just their tim- timid- timidity in terms of, you know, I don't want to get caught out of position and then it'd be my fault that we get scored on. Um, Scott, you get it. Sorry about that. Yeah, <laughs> you're good. Uh, yeah, I think that's a really good point, Scott. It's like, yes, the Fords have not been good enough. Yes, they haven't done enough with the ball when they have had it. Um, but also, like, they're not getting help from anyone. Yeah. Uh, and that's a problem like that's something that should be recognized and that's something that should be put on players like Luis Felipe, Fatia Lache. Like, dude, if you're frustrated, don't go slamming people's heads down in the 37th minute when you go down one nil. Like get forward and try to score some goals. I I I think you know that's an interesting yeah, perspective on Sacramento's problems that isn't as, you know, bang your head against the wall. It's just not the players not being good enough. It's it's players not taking ownership of their role in the midfield as well. Well, it's that. And also I think, uh, I mean, we have on here, you know, like, Oh, let's talk about, you know, some of the lineup changes. I think Kimi Gucci has been, been fine. I, I actually think he's, yeah. he's been pretty solid. Tomas Gomez. He's been okay. I, I'm not, I'm not ecstatic with Tomas Gomez, but I, I don't think you can put, you know, all of the, the blame on him. Sacramento have only had one clean sheet in nine games. Yeah. Um, they're one of nine teams to have just one clean sheet this season. So that's about a th- uh, about 25, uh, maybe maybe more like 30% of the league. 
that's a problem. We came in thinking, wow, our defense is going to be really solid, and they just haven't been. Um, And I think part of that, again, is midfielders not keeping possession or winning possession as much as they should. Mm. But really, I I don't – I mean, center backs are doing all they can. I I mean, Nolan, in four games, we have two goals, both coming from center backs. um, How do you feel about our center backs being the most goal-dangerous players on our team right now? You know, it's weird that Dan and like, Casey... I, and, and again, sorry to interrupt, but like, normally that's like a stat that you read and go, okay, well, that's not actually true, blah, blah, blah. No, seriously, like Dan Casey had the most dangerous Look. opportunities this last game, as well as Mitchell Tainer. Like, yeah. Those two center... I mean, obviously Mitchell Tainer was put up top for the last five minutes of the game, but he is naturally a center back yeah. that was put there to win a header and score a goal because we had no other option. Yeah. I mean, I I just, how do you feel about this? It's yeah. For first of all, just go watch the highlights of the San Diego game. If you haven't watched the game, um, Dan Casey almost, he, he shoots from his own within his own half because he notices that San Diego's goalkeepers out of position and nearly scores. Like it was just a really good backpedaling, jumping up, pushing it over the bar um, from San Diego's keeper that, that kept it out. Um, and then you're right. Like Mitchell Tainer comes on in the last five minutes of the game. They put him up top and he's the one that scores the goal. That is not how you want to run a team. Like you don't want to say we're just, you know, banking on our center back, lobbing the keeper from, you know, 60 yards out and substitution, you know, putting the, another center back up top in the dying minutes of the game, hoping that he gets his fat head on the end of a cross, you know, like th- one, that's not effective. Those are very low percentage opportunities Two, that is not expansive attacking sexy soccer that, um, you know, Sacramento is, is saying that they want to come and play like, yeah, that's just, that's just kind of, that's, that's, that is something you expect from a team that belongs at the bottom of the table. Like, which, and which is something we've talked about. Yeah, which we are at the bottom so, of the table. So then to move this along so we don't just kind of dwell on this one problem. I mean, listen, mm-hmm. Carlton, Belmar, and Shannon Gomez, will they help? Sure, maybe they'll help. But I don't know if they're necessarily the answer. Penegos, Juju, Huaregi, do they have potential? Sure, they have potential. But I don't know if they're necessarily the answer. Nolan, just really fast, give us your thoughts on on those those guys. Belmar, Gomez. And then the younger guys, Panagos, Juju, and uh, and Huaregi. Yeah, real quick. Uh, with regards to Carlton Belmar, Shannon Gomez, I think Shannon Gomez is good. Like, yeah, he's providing assists, defending decently. Um, like, he should probably come back in the lineup if, he, if he's not hurt. Uh, Carlton Belmar did not start the game. He was, um, you know, on the bench for Tucker Bone. Then he came on and ended up providing the assist. And, like, yeah, sure, he... Ma- provided an assist and came on for five minutes. But if you look at where he provided that assist from, it's exactly where you don't want to see Carlton Belmar, which is at the halfway line on the touchline. He like refuses to run centrally. And and I don't know why that is. Like he just does not ever look dangerous. And um, as a forward, like <laughs> you have to be dangerous and, um, you know, make a run, get in behind somebody. I, I, Carl, like Carlton Melmar works really hard. He's a good enough player. I I think he needs to trust the fullback, Duke LaCroix, 
to make that kind of a, a play and yeah. he needs to be on the other end of it. Not, you know, a Mitchell Tainer. Yeah. Um, because th- that's what I see. He, he drops wide and deep because he wants to get the ball from the fullback and then go forward with it. And like, um, no, that's, that's Duke Qua's job. Your job is to be, you know, in that, that dangerous zone of goal scoring opportunity and get the ball from Duke LaCroix in that zone. Yeah. And so he was out of position. He got lucky, like good job, but let's see more uh, positionally of you in the, in the dangerous areas, not deep and wide. Uh, So, so then, you know, now thinking of, we have two games this week and I don't know if they're must win. I, I, you know, I say that in air quotes as into like, I don't know if we need to put that kind of pressure on the team because there's still what 23 games left in the season. Like yeah. there's a lot of games left to play. So I don't know if we're quite in that zone there. There've been plenty of sports teams that have started really bad and then just caught fire, like something. Clear. Yeah. So Nolan going into this game home against Oakland home against orange County. What do we need to see against Oakland? A team that's going to be a bit more expansive, a bit more, uh, loose with the ball. What do we need to see against them to feel yeah. at least better about Sacramento? What do we need to see? Yeah, I, I think first of all, I'll I'll tie this uh, answer into what I my thoughts on Panagos, Juju Chavez, and Rafa Haregi. I think we need to see them not play <laughs> because I, I'm going to sound like you know the worst person ever here, but I just frame, like the game passes them by when they're on the field. Like they just don't make enough of an impact. I don't think they're quite up to this level. And when Sacramento need points like these aren't the guys you hang your hat on um that's what i think about that maybe that's a bit harsh but that's where i'm coming from mm-hmm. uh against oakland who like we saw them against them in the first game pl- it, they were rather chaotic but they converted their chances like if you look at a couple of their goals they weren't like clear cut <laughs> like uh you know they're scrappy. They play with a chip on their shoulder. And I think Sacramento are going to have to keep the ball away from them. This is a, a kind of game where Sacramento can, you know, practice retaining possession, um, making dangerous, incisive passes from the midfield into the forwards. Um, this is where Sacramento can, you know, the midfielders can take a little bit more risk running forward and getting a little bit out of defensive position, but in order to contribute to the attack. Um, and so that's what I think even if, you know, it's another 3-3 draw or if it's, you know, less than a beautiful game against Oakland, I think if we see those pieces, those midfielders doing more to contribute, yeah, that's a step in the right direction. San Diego, it was a 1-1 draw, but that was not a step in the right direction. That just was luck. Um, right, right. We need to see the the, the players play against Oakland. Like someone needs to come up and say, Hey, my job is to score and I'm going to do that. Um, yeah. So, okay. That that's exactly what I was going to say. And these two games, I want to see a team playing with confidence. Yeah. So against Oakland, I want to like, we scored three goals. Uh, large, large in part. Uh, I think maybe some of that is Oakland just maybe not being very good, <laughs> but we allowed three goals. I want to see a defense play with confidence. I don't yeah. want to see uh, just, you know, terrible defensive mistakes like we had last time against Oakland. I don't want to see 
players just lose someone as they're making a run. I want to see a confident defense, a competent and confident defense. I've said those were, you know, words before. Mm-hmm. And then against Orange County, I want to see, you know, a competent offense, uh, an, an attack. I think honestly, at this point, you need the best players playing in the best positions. And right now, I think Duke Lacroix's best position, honestly, is probably on the left wing. And that maybe that moves Formella over. Penanen playing uh, center forward, I think, is stupid, Zach. <laughs> and um, I think that probably puts Shannon Gomez at the left fullback position or left wing back or, or what have you. Mm-hmm. I think we need to see that. He's a dangerous player. He's the only one on this team that makes something happen one-on-one. So put him in a position to get the ball in dangerous attacking spots close to goal. That makes a lot of sense to me. And I wouldn't be surprised if that happens one or both of these games. Um, other than that, I just don't want to see mistakes. Hmm. Just, don't, just don't make massive mental mistakes that lead to goals. So that's what I want to see for Oakland and Orange County. Again, I don't know if these are must-win, but wow, a win would go a long way, especially against Oakland. Listen, if Oakland beats us, I think they'll still have a game in hand and they'll be above us on points. Hmm. So we we really need a result against Oakland. Orange County, look, they're a good team. Uh, I mean, they needed goal scoring and they went out and signed three guys that can score goals. So when one went down, they're still humming. That really grinds my gears. But um, yeah, Oakland's a good, or sorry, Orange County's a, a good team. I'm just hoping for a, a point really uh, against them. Yeah. Nolan, anything else as we kind of wrap up here? No, I think I think that was good. Um excited that Sacramento has two opportunities in the near future to um do something different and to show that you know they still have something to play for this season. So yeah. Scott, it's been a pleasure. I hope you're doing you're doing well. Sounds like you have a phone call that you need to take. I do. It's a right. another work thing that I gotta get to. So freaking work. I know freaking right, work. Well, well that was always, fun. Yeah. Should I, should I do it? Should it, should it, should I, should, should it be my thing again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do this thing. You do this okay, thing. Okay. Okay. As always, glory, glory, Sacramento. Sacramento. Okay. That's fine. <laughs>